welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritchie and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Barry Davis from Le Cordon Bleu. Barry drove into the city from his home on the Mornington Peninsula to talk to me and we sat outside in the sun at Frankie Says in Abbotsford. Talking to Barry was such a good time. He pretty much started talking as soon as he arrived and at some point I thought, I better push record. (laughs) Barry has been a chef for a number of years and he speaks highly of the chefs he's worked with along the way especially his mentor and colleague, Philippe Mouchel. Barry is perhaps best known for the long stint he did at Montalto Winery, and now he brings all that experience to his students at Le Cordon Bleu. As well as imparting huge swaths of culinary knowledge, Barry has got into puppetry with his best mate, and that will definitely be a watch this YouTube space for when those antics go live. We covered all sorts of topics, and we were only vaguely distracted by coffee orders, an emergency evacuation practice, cute French bulldogs and children precariously negotiating the large rock feature behind us. To the listener, bear all that in mind as you follow the thread of this truly remarkable conversation. sounds to me like creative people who um, bring on even more. So the number of chefs I speak to that are opening new restaurants and also having babies. Yeah. So, and... It's almost, we love the stress. Yeah. I know that sounds silly, <laughs> but we do. We compound ourselves. Oh, let's have some more. I just more. spoke to Chris Turlicker and his wife, um, Shane, and they yep. had a Blue Bonnet barbecue, and, um, and they're opening a new place tonight. Um, on the at the venue where he was before in, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, in Fitzroy North. Okay, yep. And yep. um, the old North Fitzroy, Fitzroy Star or whatever it was. Um, and I think they wanted to open earlier in the year. <laughs> but they've now they're opening and they've got a 13-week-old baby called Otis. But then I also spoke to the Tarts and Non people, yep. um, Gareth and, um, and his wife Catherine, and they opened a second shop at the same time as she was giving birth. And their baby is also called Otis. I'm like, okay, there's something... Yeah, <laughs> we love. There's an algorithm. <laughs> so crazy. Well, that's the same with us when me when me and Rachel were having. You know, like I was doing, God, ridiculous hours at Montalto. We had our first one, which he looks. He does not look anything like that now. Oh, uh-huh. but um, yeah. That's cute. You still got that photo. <laughs> that was when he was gorgeous. Yeah, was, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But um, you know, he's like this big scruffy hair, <laughs> grunts when he. Are you hungry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so will you be cooking dinner at one, one o'clock this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Mm. But, Wowza. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, I think a lot of stress. And, 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 and you know, I know, I see, I see it in us. We love that stress. We, we almost thrive on it. And I know a lot of guys, and myself included, if we'd have to take holidays, we're lost. Completely yes. lost, you know? Yeah. And that is interesting. So... Yes, is that about the role you have and then not knowing what your role is when you have downtime? Completely. Is it? Yeah. 
I, that you nailed it on the. We don't know who we are when we're not in a kitchen. Yeah, that's because there's it. such a hierarchy in the kitchen. I, mean, I guess all this, all these determined roles. Determined I roles, yeah. but but also too, we 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 just need to be doing something. We're, yeah. we're doers, and if you say to us, relax. This is us, and, and the great thing, and the thing that I love is to, to watch us all grow. You know, mm. sort of take a step back and just watch everybody grow and mature. Mm. And you know, we've all come from Philippe Michel, you know, and and Chef o has trained so many wonderful chefs. But, but and we've all got that. You know, if if you put us in a room and you put Chef there, although we've all been our own chef, we're all being like, yeah, Chef, no, Chef. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Have you met Philippe Michel? No, I haven't. You've got to. Yeah, I know. I You've do want to. to. He I, is. But I, I almost feel a little bit too in awe. No, <laughs> look, he is. I, uh, he is a, a gentleman. Yeah. And he is just a. I, I can't say enough about him. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah. Like you know, I've once you know once called him Dad in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you go, Dad. Oh crap! Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chef, that's nice. That's good to hear because you know um, some of the older generation chefs or old school chefs are quick. Hard. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So with Chef, he was. I reckon in the the the, the thirteen years that I was with Chefer, I reckon in that time I probably heard him yell. Three times, mm. three times, and yeah. maybe one, before, before when he was at Bakus and things like that. Yes, he was a bit, yeah. You know, but he changed as well, and he understood. You know, it was about, and this is where a lot of chefs are going to. They're they're maturing in a way because that old school, ah, you know, get your, which I'm, I I'm I was part of. I was terrible. Yeah. You know? We've matured and we've grown and we've gone, you know what, let's train people first and then if that, you know what I mean, like, it's, it's about giving not, that's why I became a teacher. Yes, well, I was, yeah, I was going to ask you about that and I think, um, and it's interesting because I think you teach as a, as a head chef, if you, as part of the job is to teach and train and show and all that kind of stuff. How different is it to, so that's why I became a teacher, so maybe go into that a bit more. Chalk and cheese. Yeah. Put it this way, I, when I... When I got into teaching, I was like, oh, this is going to be a break. I'm going to relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the laugh because you, yeah. know, you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I was. I was very much like, oh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill out a little bit. I'm just going to do this teaching gig for a little while and then get back into the kitchen because, you know, this is just, just, just a, this is a, a short-term thing for, a, you know, a, a, a short-term solution mm-hmm. to, to having a relax and being with the family a bit more. And isn't it? And then I got there, and I was surprisingly really good at it. I mean, I know that sounds a bit, but but I was I was just natural at it. Mm-mm. And I had to take, I had to calm some of myself down because I was very much like, get that done. What are you doing? Put that over there. But then some of the kids responded to being being you know, shown, being a bit hard on them. They they respond to that. Some of the kids need it as well. Mm. And I tell you, and you know yourself, you got these. I've got a lot of we have a lot of international kids and some of them are just have never been you know never had to do anything or you know they're, they're you know but there's some of them are great I've never met such a wonderful batch of kids in my I keep calling them kids because when I first started I've still got my you know the first couple of groups still contact me you know amazing so yeah. how long have you been at Le Cordon Bleu? six years Blue? now six years yeah, I know 
Wow. And it's gone like that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. And and when I went there for the degustation night, which by the way was incredible, it's so impressive. Is it? Oh, oh it was see, so good. <laughs> see, on the on our side, I'm like, what are you doing? Put that. Down. Of course, of course. <laughs> and I love when they all came out and they're all just like standing there meekly, like you know, I'm like yeah, they've just been through this huge like service and stuff. Oh, amazing! It was really impressive. Um, but it was interesting, and they said to me there that most of the enrolments are international students. Is that because Australians don't want to be chefs, or I think I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you've got to look at it holistically. It's, it's it's a lot of different reasons. One, the fees. Let's face it, the fees are very very expensive. Okay, mm. so the fees are are really up there, and that would deter a lot of Australian. But also too, and I've teached home, um, Holmes Glen and, and, and the Australian Australian kids, they're just not as interested. They don't understand the value. See, when you're in France, chefs were were treated on the same level as doctors, nurses, mm. professionals. We're professionals. And white staff and also. And white staff as well. Yeah, well treated, they, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, a good waiter, I remember, you know, like, going to places where and I always used to, me and my wife because she's a chef as well and, and um, I'm a bloody waiter bloody waiter but then when you sit down and you're, you're having a meal and you're getting good service and you go oh crap that's that's what people see this is what they're our they're our show they're our front yes, yes. you know if something's going wrong in the kitchen or something's going wrong on the floor and there's good staff there that's what you see, and it's it, it makes the whole experience chalk and cheese. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, you, you, we were at. Um, I know this is going to sound silly, but we're at four hundred Grady. It's in Mornington, and they were just young kids, but they were young kids that were trained well. And that's all it is. And I don't think you can blame. You really can't blame the front of house staff if things are going wrong because it is about the training. Because. Yeah. Okay, you know, I think it's common sense to bring cutlery out when people, once people have ordered or whatever it is, but it's not always co- no, you know, so common sense. Tra- so you common. have to train them, and um, I think, and I think what you were saying before too, with um, some of these people that maybe haven't had that experience of you know doing doing things, yeah. <laughs> cooking or whatever, or doing anything around the house, um, they are puppies. Some you know young people, and sorry, young people, but um, they need boundaries and they need to know at the. By the end of today, or by the end of this lesson, what 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 will I know? Like, what will I be able to walk away with? Yep. And I think, and more and more, I think that, that needs to be spelled out. And I think, but I think it's a good thing. Like, I think as teachers, we are constantly reminded. Like, I've got all this stuff in my head. I know what I'm teaching you. And why I I'm know teaching what I'm teaching you. Doing. But I need to say to you, you will be able to do this. Yep. Because otherwise, what are they doing? They're kind of like, oh, oh what are all these French words? Why am I learning this? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. And and that's where I had to. And when I first started. My wife said to her, she goes, um, you've got to remember, they don't know what you know. Yeah. And that just, and the penny dropped. Yeah. I was like, oh, crap. You really, because I, te- I like the basics. I like to teach the basics. Mm. And I like to teach the basics because it's basically, you have to walk around with a fire hydrant and bubble wrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Am yeah. I doing this right? Put it down. Put the knife down. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, you literally have to stop them from trying to kill themselves, you know? Yeah. Like... Um, wow, yeah, you're working with heat and sharp knives. It's <laughs> <laughs> I had one kid. <laughs> it's over there. They point with their knives. Oh, my God. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> look, 
put it this way, you're coming to a first couple of um, lessons of, of basic with me. It's like the Matrix. I'm like <laughs> just dodging knives. Yeah. You know, but but over time you start to see, and that's the wonderful thing because I've just had just this tiny portion of their life. I've I've had an impact on them. Yeah. You know, and and they come back and they're like, "Hey, chef," and you know, and it, it's lovely. It's just like, yeah. I, I helped you, you know. And was the Le Cordon Bleu, was that, um, do they kind of tell you what they want you to teach or how does that so work? You get, so you get your, your course, you get your, you know, like they've got their recipes and their book and so on and so forth. And, and you know, with you got a unit of competency and you, so you, and it's already mapped out. So just say today is poaching chicken. So poaching chicken. Okay. So the recipe's here. Da da da. Poached chicken. And so what we'll what we'll do is we'll what I do. Don't What I do is I'll go. Okay, guys. This is the way that the we're showing you how to poach chicken. But in the industry, or the way that I would do it is I would do it like this. So I'd put it here and I'd do this and I like this. And I would add some bay leaves and I'd add some maybe some caraway seeds and I'd add this and I'd do this and I'd do this. And the kids are like this. So I think. I'm very much like, yes, there's a base recipe there, and this is the base method, but there are other ways to skin a cat, you know, and other mm. ways to, to enhance the flavours, or to get the best out, because I'm Philip Michel, Paul Bacouche trained, you know what I mean, like, so, you know, you, you, and you go, okay, so this is the method that we used to use, right, but this is now what we can use, we can do sous vide, we can put this here, we can do that there. And you watch, and, and what I love is you watch some kids, you look out, and so we do a demo. We do a demo, and you watch them. They've got nothing. Yeah. The blank expression on their face. You know, they could be, you could stand them up against the wall. <laughs> yeah. Right? But then, the penny drops. Sometimes, yeah. and that's really one, that's a really lovely moment, and you would have seen it, you'd see it when you teach, you know, you, the kid brings up, the, the, at the end of the, the they do their, their, their practical, and they bring up their dish, and I've had shock. I could show you photos. Like, so when it started to turn black and it was burned, did you think that was a time to stop cooking? No, I just kept going. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then when they bring up, they, they could fail and fail and fail and fail and fail, but then they'll do something that's really good. And it must be, and I think it's the same, with, you know, with French. Once, yeah, when you say, when that penny drops and they realise... Um, Perhaps, well, with food, I guess it's understanding what food does and, and not having, I don't know, like I just, because I, I think chefs have le- le- I feel like normal people, like I love cooking, but I'm a bit afraid sometimes of cooking a food, of not doing it right, I'm not really knowing what will happen if I do, you know, yep. do, I do with basic things, yep. but, and I look at the way chefs do things and I feel like you've really got inside that food and you understand how the ingredients work together and what temperatures do, and it must be like that for the kids well, when they suddenly take hold of that for themselves yeah. rather than just following what you're saying. For me, it's very much like... I don't like that molecular stuff. I don't like molecular gastronomy whatsoever. Oh, it's a bubble. It's a foam. Yeah, yeah. Put on your chair. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm eating air. Awesome. Um, it's, it's about what's the chemical... Like, I try to always explain to the kids what's the chemical reaction that's happening here. Why does this happen? And so even the pastry chefs... Because if you saw my bookshelf, oh, my Lord. I've got a problem. I've really got an addiction. <laughs> I'm pretty much on Richmond Street going, have you got uh, anything from Gordon Ramsay? Uh, <laughs> shocking. And I love that. And you still go back and look at them all? All the time. Yeah. See, so, 
yes, I do my puppets, but all I ever do, this is what some people don't understand. They're like, oh, you don't have any other interests? Uh, you know, I don't go fishing. I don't play golf. I don't, you might notice I don't exercise much. <laughs> But, Do you know what I mean? Like, it, this is all So apart I've from the done. puppets, it's food 24-7. It's all I've ever done. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it was quite funny. When I first started cooking, when I was, four, I was like 14 or 9 months, you know, when I first started in the kitchen, and my chef said to me, um, and, and I, I was like, kitchen egg. I was kitchen egg. I was washing dishes. And he said to me, Nick said to me, uh, get on the pastry. You do that. Have you seen this one? And I'm like, yeah, because I used to watch everything. So, and that's the other thing. You, learners have different ways of learning. Yeah. You know, I'm a visual learner, so I, I, I if you if you're doing something in front of me, right, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Yep, cool. I'll replicate it. Fine, not a problem. Yeah. If you write it in an email or write it in a letter, like this, read that. I'll be like, oh, um, yep, okay. It's yeah, yeah, fine, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So when I first started, the chef was like, go over there, do this, do this, and I started doing it. So always cooked, always. When I was little. My, my grandmother was, uh, you know, she would cook in the thing. My grandfather was a manga gardener. Um, and, you know, my, my hero at 10 years old was Gabriel Gattay. <laughs> now I'm mates with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what was it, do you think? What did you love about it? Whenever I made something and it was good, not burnt or like that, everybody, and people would go, that's delicious. And you go, I did something delicious. You know, and... and, and and then, you know, I mean, going through, I mean, my, at the time, my mum was, uh, my mum still probably does, um, she's been dying, you know, but she was going through a severe depression at the time as well. So her, she stopped, almost stopped cooking, mm. do you know what I mean? And so at, at 10, 11, 12, 13, I had to cook mm. for not only myself, but for my older sibling, for my older brother and my younger sister. So that's where I started to, you know, because mum was always in bed. And we never, I look back now, at the time I was probably very resentful of that and very, you know, but I look back now and going through my own depression and things like that after what happened. And I went, I understand, I got it, but it helped me in a way, you know, um, and you know, and I loved it. I would watch, I'd, I'd, you know, if I was off home, I'd watch, the only thing, I'd watch Bold and the Beautiful. No, Days of Our Lives, sorry, but not Bold and the Beautiful. Days of Our Lives and, <laughs> and Gabriel Gattay. Wow. And, you know, and you'd watch this French guy, and he was French, and that's what I loved. It's like, ooh, a French accent, ooh, hello. <laughs> you know? and, and I quite like the French, I love the, the whole sort of French thing. And I always saw, you know, like, and that's what I loved about the French and the Japanese was because... They would almost devote themselves to that one thing. It's like I that's make right. bread. Yes, that's what I do. Yes, and I don't just make bread. I make the best bread that I can. Yes, make, and I love that. Yeah, know? and and that's what I find. And that's why I'd be sort of jumping in the water. Um, <laughs> There's no water there. <laughs> don't want to be jumping up. Yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> might fall off a rock, but um. <laughs> But that's the thing, um, you know, you, you, I love that sort of devoting yourself. And that's what I think people, they, they tend not to do these days. You know, they tend to jump from yeah. one thing to another. They're jack of all trades, but king of none. Mm-hmm. And, and also too, because I wasn't scholastically intelligent, I wasn't extremely good at school. This was something that I could do that I was good at. Mm. You know, I was just naturally talented. Every competition I entered, I won. 
and that was a sort of you know it was like yeah right so so the, was that happening so you were 14 when you were working as a kitchen hand 14, 9 months yeah. yeah so as soon as you could as you, soon as I could yeah, yeah. so I, I would go from high school I would go from school to work and then finish work at like 12 o'clock at night and then go back home uh, back to school in the morning wow yeah. um, and so did you do an apprenticeship yep. or yeah yep. where did you do that I started my apprenticeship at Daniel Daniel okay. yeah because that's where Nick Nick was also a teacher and that he, he's actually a, a teacher still and I think it was him because he was a teacher at the trade school so I would go to then then I, I, I started my apprenticeship when I was 15 on my birthday December the 9th that's when I started my apprenticeship that day and um, yeah but I still went to school and finished off school I, I finished off year 11 yeah and I still finished was it year 11 uh, yeah, because I was still got went to school. Yeah, so I finished off year eleven. Uh, <laughs> didn't do well. Let's just say I participated. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a first prize trophy. <laughs> I'm like my second son. You know, <laughs> we're looking through a box of his the other day, and it's like participation award, participation, <laughs> and then we go through the oldest ones: first prayers, first prize. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Depends oh, what you're into. Number it? number two is definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was um. And I started, and it was just, I just, I loved it. You know, I loved it. And don't get me wrong, you know, I went and worked with a guy called Jeff Haviland. I don't know if you know, you know, so I left, I left, um, like I said, Nick fired me after a year and a bit. And, um, and you know what? It was the best thing he could have ever done. Mm. Best thing he could have ever done. The reason why was because I went, mm. Because I mean, there was another girl there, another girl who he's like, oh, I can't have two apprentices, I can't afford two apprentices, so we're going to keep her on, you'll be fine, so we're going to let you go. Yeah. And I was like, mm. so we did. And I went and got a job at Alto at Sheraton Towers. I went and got a job at Sheraton Towers. It was, yeah, it's now it's um, the Langham. Okay. And, um, yeah. And I was like, never wanted to go to a hotel. Yeah. I always wanted to go to restaurants, but never wanted to go. But then I stayed there for a little while and so on and so forth. And, and I finished my apprenticeship off there. And it was great for an apprentice to finish off an apprenticeship there because hotels, in a way, and I was upstairs in the fine dining most of the time, but hotels, in a way, they, they, they look after their apprentices. They don't let them work too many hours. They don't... I mean, I say that, but I was there for hours. Yeah, but you probably loved it. <laughs> They'd go, go home. I'm, like, I'm not going anywhere. And that's where I met my wife as well. So I met oh. Rachel there as well. Yeah, wow. I, just, I was 19. I was 19. No, I was 20. I was 20 at the time. And she's 24. 25. Yeah. And um, so I was, here I am, like this little 20-year-old trying to chat up this 25-year-old who's just come back from overseas. I did well. Yeah, you did. Wow, well done. Yeah, yeah. I may not have mentioned my age at the time oh. <laughs> for some time, but um, but yeah. So um, and um, and then I went. I left Sheraton and I went to work with Philly. I went to Langton, uh, Lang- uh, Langton's, and I was there for God seven years. Yeah. yeah, and it was so funny because I thought I I was like, oh, don't get me wrong. In between there as well, I went and did um, you know, I was because I was pregnant and I was so awesome. Yeah, I went and opened up another restaurant you know as the head chef because I was just awesome yeah and I realised I wasn't very good <laughs> <laughs> as yeah. one finds out very fast and it was it was really good because I said oh crap I don't know anything and then when I went to Langton's 
Yeah, I went, when I went to, to uh, Langton's, yeah, with Chef, it was very much like, oh, crap, I really don't know anything. I walked in this kitchen thinking I was pretty good. Yeah. And was just like, oh, my God. Because all these boys, I had Joe Vaghetto, Scott Pickett, um, what's his name, Stuart Bell, um, you know, all these all these boys. They were a bit older. They are a bit older than me. They are about, what, four or five years older than me. Yeah. And they're just pushing yeah. And I thought, I don't think I can keep this pace up. Yeah. And it was, I reckon I was about 21 or something. Once again, the penny dropped. And I said, hold on. Because all this time, I was just like, yeah, you know, cooking is just something I do. And I'm all right at it. So I was like, and I literally had to make a conscious decision. This is who I am. Yes. This is what I do. Right. right? And, and, and I know that sounds silly, but you go, you go, right, this is who I am. This is what I've got to do. Right? And that actually gets you through doing a 18-hour day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's all about, I know this, this is going to, but it's all about, it sounds like Tony Robbins now, changing your mindset. Mm. Um, but it's about saying to yourself, um, I can do this. I can stand here for 18 hours. You know, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. Because you are. You're physically exhausted. You're mentally exhausted. You're being yelled at, not by chef owner, but by others. Like, come on, why isn't this wrapped? Why isn't that done? Why isn't that... You know, you're, mm. you're, you're, you're spent. You're doing this six days a week. You mm. know? And at the end of the night, you're scrubbing the kitchen down. Because I don't know if you remember Langton's. Uh, Langton's, we had this big oven called a bonnet. And it was massive. And it was all polished with copper and everything. So guess who got to polish that every night? Yeah. I'm very good at polishing. Yeah, <laughs> For us. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> you know, because it was on show and it was the yeah. it was the oven that we had, you know. But um but you do, you become I don't know, you, you just and then when I went to London, that was another gear up. You know, that was the second gear up. And you sort of you're you're you walk into this kitchen and we, we started at seven in the morning and you don't walk out of there until at least one or two o'clock at night. Mm. You know, four or five hours. Sleep, yeah, absolutely. You know, and look, I, I, I don't say I don't. I'm not going to say oh, it's, it's great for everybody because it's not. People get burnt out. We, we, you know, you, you, you know, you do. You get burnt out. You become um, for some people they become um, dis. What's that word? Dis. Um, dis. Dis. Frat, not dis. Dis, discouraged. Yeah. I was trying to think disfranchised. Or but they become discouraged and they just go, why am I doing this? Because what I love is, you know, when students come to me and they go, chef, I'm not getting paid overtime. <laughs> What's overtime? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not heard of, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, in this industry. Because you know the margins are so small. Yeah, that's right. So, so, so back when it, it drew you and it was about the fact that it, it was you were pleasing people, is that, is that what kept you, and then I guess then you had that epiphany about this is who I am and, and what I, you know, and your identity, is that what keeps you there now? In, in the cooking, yes, but what keeps me going in the teaching is, is I know this is going to sound corny, but it's watching the students that are struggling produce something that they're proud of yeah do, do you know, yeah um it's, it's, it's almost like your trend yeah so you're yeah you know and that's what i i said to some kids i hold you to a high standard yeah okay? this is not your high this is not a high standard go back and do it again and don't ever bring you stuff like that again and this and that's what the chef i used to do to us it was not about yelling or screaming it's about 
I've made, I've disappointed you. Yeah, yeah. Manipulative prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I quite often ask chefs, you know, what would their advice be to young people who want to become chefs? And I guess you're working with those young people. Thank you. Um, how do you convey all of that? Because I guess you're teaching them cooking techniques. Are you also giving them that kind of advice about how to, how to deal survive. with, how to survive? Yep. Well, look, couple of things are obviously physical health right yeah that's really important making sure that you're physically able to do the job you know um, and for me knowledge knowledge yeah. always be reading see a lot of these a lot of some kids and you'll see the difference like I've got a boy Ronneth who's now sous chef at the height um, and I was just saying get a book read a book I've got like I would hand, I hand out books. I've got to write. I've got to start writing stuff. Who I hand them out to because I forget. <laughs> Take this. Ooh, read that. That's really good. Where's that book gone? You know, and I forget. But knowledge. Just just keep reading. Keep 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 looking at you know Pinterest, Instagram, those mm. sorts of things. See what the trends are. See what the thing. Because I remember there's been so many trends go through. Do you mm. remember East Me West and? Yeah. Um, um, confusion um, <laughs> I used to call it confusion um, you know where everything had ginger lemon, lemongrass and chilli in it um, you know and then we've gone through then we went through that sort of um, oh rustic everything was rustic and then we went through oh it's got to be you know um, what was it called uh, Nouvelle Cuisine uh, everything's yeah. got to be a place like that and things go around in circles and they always come back and now we're sort of getting back to that sort of like, oh, rusty. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Bloody hell, we're back there again, are we? Yeah, yeah. Because you know? uh, we've, we've seen, I've seen so many different things come through. Yeah. Um, but also too, and, and a big one now, and, and a lot of people talk about it, is mental health. Yes. You know, I see, because I, I've had my own struggles, um, uh, and, and the problem with me was when, when before, before, I, um, before that, I was very much like if someone came to me and said, I'm oh, a chef or not, I'd be like, fuck, yeah, that'd yeah. be such a fucking suck. You know, come on, let's go, we've got this to go. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what No, you're yeah. right, I'll, I'll hold him. <laughs> uh, um, you know, and, and now I see it, it's a lot more. It's a lot more. A lot of kids are coming through, they've got more anxiety, they've got more... They're just testing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wondered if that would happen while we were talking. <laughs> Alright. But um but yeah, they've got um you know this this there is a lot more anxiety sort of that sort of thing coming through, you know. Yeah. Um which <laughs> it happens at work all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um but yeah, going back to the, the you know, and I see these kids come through and they've got mental health issues and this yes. and, and and what's that? And, and this is where I, I, where I, I because I, I've got, there's some guys at work, they, they don't know how to handle this. Mm. They're like, oh, you know, oh, they're, 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 they're in the toilets crying or whatever. But you've got to remember, we're dealing with children, with essentially their children. It's yeah. their first day, their first time away from home. You know, some of them are 18, 19, 16, 17, 18. It's their first time away from home or in another country. Yeah. You know, they're struggling to get, work they, they might be struggling to get work they might you know they, they've got they they've got there's language barriers as well with some of them 
there's so much pressure on top of them. So yeah, they're going to start to crack a little bit. There's going to be starts to, you know, and and you know, with with you know, someone's going to say something or whatever, and they're still there's, so they've got to be. And this is what a lot of some of them don't understand. You've got to nurture these kids. Yeah, you, you kind of have to. You know. And I think too, it's all well and good to say, well, you know, we did it hard and we didn't do all that kind of stuff. But then, often we later in life, it has to come out somewhere, you know. So I think <laughs> if, if, they, if you're dealing it at the at, at root, then yeah. I think that's good. I think it's good that young people now are recognising, you know, where they're at with their mental health. Yeah. Um, and getting onto it, whereas I think our generation did not. <laughs> exactly right, and that's why you'll see a lot of chefs get to a certain age and they leave the industry, they crack, or you know they just go. Nah. I know, I know so many, so many other chefs that are just like, no, nah, I'm never going back to it. I can't, you know, because they they can't handle the stress, or they they weren't they probably weren't very good at the stress anyway. But or they they go the opposite way where they start drinking, start yeah. And I have to say, this generation is a lot better than what we were. You know? Yeah. How did we handle our stress? Yeah, I will, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's Saturday night, you know? Yeah, so. And I like these restaurants. Like, I just spoke to the chef and owner at Oko Restaurant, which is where Hell of the North used to be. Yeah, and they yeah. um, have a really conscious policy about well being, and they, um, you know, you don't do more than 45 hours, you have two consecutive days off a week, and they limit the number of knockoffs. Um, drinks at the end of the night and I was like you know that could sound a bit mean but I think that it's a really great idea to be so consciously encouraging people to think about being healthy yeah, um, yeah I loved it yeah well it's, it's true because I mean knockoffs sometimes it, the bar's there go yeah. for your life guys yeah go for your life and here's your keys by the way enjoy driving home you know? yeah and, and also it's teaching people that to deal with that stress and that fatigue you've had alcohol's the Alcohol was the... That'll relax you, that'll whatever. And it's like, sure, it, it is nice to have a glass of something or a beer at the end of the a shift. But, yeah, to maybe think about how you're doing that. And I think yeah. <coughs> nowadays yeah. people are talking more about, yeah. about that, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I work with a guy who I thought, <coughs> I thought, by about, oh, by about, we'd, we'd start work at eight. And by about 10 or 11 o'clock, man, this is the coolest guy I've ever worked with. The way he walked, he was just... Like God, he's got a good know, swagger. Drinking under. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tells me I'm a bit naive. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Tells me they go. You know he's drunk. Uh-huh. Is he real? Because I used to think he was just really awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just swaying on the side. And I had you know, and and that's the thing, and and drug use was proliferate. You know, like I, 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 I mean, how long were you at Montalto? Oh, close to thirteen years. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So obviously a lovely place to work. Yes, yep. Um, look, when I first started, so what happened with, with I, I was working with um, Chef, I was working with Philly um, at, who was it? At Crown, we're at Crown. I can't remember the name of it. Philly's? Was it Philly's? Maybe it was just Philly's. Brasserie, the Brasserie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was working with Chef for the Brasserie. And, um, and at that time, um, and it was great, loved, loved the work, it, you know, very, very busy. And, and it was really good because I come from this sort of fine dining sort of restaurant back to this where we would only do 90 covers, 80 covers, and you know, you had 15 staff in the kitchen to doing 300 covers with six staff in the kitchen. Yeah. So you had to learn how to get, and that was the wonderful thing. 
you had to learn how to be very fast, very prepped, very quick, and still produce a really good product. Yeah. And um, and then my at the time we were living in the city, we we're living in Turak, and um, and we we're looking, we we're trying to have a fam- we we're trying to start a family, and um, and my um, my father passed away. It was in two thousand five. Yeah, two, uh, yeah right, right. and my father. Oh. <laughs> it was in two thousand um, and five, and and I never. My father was a mortician, so I'd always been around. Oh. <laughs> I would always been around death, but I never experienced it close to me. Yeah, and I, I it broke me. It yeah, really yeah. broke me. I was I was devastated by it, and. Um, and I remember standing at the stove one night and and everything everything I tasted, everything I put in my mouth just tasted like coal. It was just I had no my my passion, my 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 enthusiasm had just gone. I would just yeah. felt stagnant. Yeah. And I needed a change. Yeah. I needed a change. Anyway, I would go in and Chef opened Montalto years years prior. Okay. So I would go and work with Chef at Montalto. Oh. Just to make extra money, yeah. and I always loved it, and I loved the boss. John was John Mitchell was the boss, and um, and and I got along well with them. And uh, the chef at the time that was at Montalto um, was a guy called James Redfern, and I got along well with James, and I went and worked with him at different nights. <laughs> Stop using names. <laughs> and no, um, that's alright. <laughs> And nobody knows him. Um, and and so I got along really well with um, him, and then. Um, and James rang me and said, um, how are you going at work? And I said, I, I need to get out. I need to do something different. And um, he said, well, I'm leaving. Do you want to come and have a chat? And I had a chat with John, and, and um, I was very lucky to, to have the opportunity to go and to go there. At the time, they'd lost their chef's hat. They didn't have a chef's hat and things like that. So my sort of goal was to regain their chef's hat for them. And... Um, and you know, it's it's it was quite funny because when I first started, there was just the restaurant. I was I had like three staff in the kitchen, six days a week, and um, wow. and to try and get a chef's hat with that. And I got one in the first year, so I was pretty happy with That's that. Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I basically, and then and then it was just trying to maintain it and then build the restaurant as well. Yes. So we started with you know just doing a restaurant, doing a few little picnics, and then we ended up opening a piazza area. Um, so restaurant, piazza, picnics, pantry door, pantry range. Yeah. And it just climbed and climbed and climbed. And if you know the peninsula, up in the peninsula sort of way, it's extremely difficult to get staff. Staffing is, is really hard. So, yeah. And, and as I said, your first head chef role, you want everything to be perfect. You, you're a bit, you're a bit uh, aggressive. You're a bit sort of hungry. Yeah. And especially at that time as well, because I was, I was trying to, to make a name for myself. And um, and you do you 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 tend to unfortunately you tend to walk over people to get to where you want to get to. Mm. And I learnt very quickly, six years later. Uh, <laughs> That the best way to, to, to run a place is to try and retain staff. The yeah, best way that's to retain right. staff is to train staff. Yeah. And so that sort of came and I started to, to calm down and I, and I found and I had over the time that I was there, I had wonderful people working with me. Just just um, just fan. one one boy um, one boy he's now he's he's now in Queensland but he went and worked at the square in London um, after me and um, 
and he just did phenomenal things. He, he's just, a, it's lovely to say that I had a small part in his, mm. in his growth. Yeah. He's, um, he's such a better cook than I am or ever will be. Wow. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he was in London, he was in London for three years, four years. And um, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. And Scott, he was um, he, he's just phenomenal. Yeah. And um, and then you know I had this other young sous chef. She was f- fantastic. She started with me when she was twenty one, and you know she was such a good kid. She was. So there are people out there. Yeah. That want to do it. Yeah. But you've got to have the right temperament. You've yeah. got to have the right. And like I said. It comes down to training. Yes. If you take the time, show someone how to do something, show them how to do it properly, show them how, if they've done it wrong, correct them, and then let them go, and don't micromanage them constantly, you get the best out of people. Yeah, yeah. You know? And um, yeah, so Montalto was wonderful, and I absolutely, I loved it, I enjoyed my time there. And, you know, some people say, oh, you know, you're working six, seven days a week. So I sometimes, you know, at the start of October, because um, that's when the sun started to come out, I would not have a day off until January, February, March. Wow. You know? Wow. And you start to go. And like I said, you know, you, you start to go a bit <laughs> loopy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is okay. Um, <laughs> because then you, you're, 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 you've done that whole summer. You're, you're, you're happy. You've succeeded. You've yeah. been successful. And then, um, you know, and you watch the business grow as well. I mean, like we used to, I, I remember when I first got to Montalto, I think I would serve six people on a Monday and then we got it to about 80 people on a Monday wow Monday gosh yeah yeah that's crazy it's amazing um and I don't know how it's going now because I haven't been back for a very long time but um but yeah it was it was a it was a really good I'm very much I'm a very loyal person so if I'm with someone if I'm if I if I'm you know if I'm like my boss or whatever I'm loyal to them and I'll I'll do as whatever I can to make that business successful yeah because that's what we've got to do that's as an employee we've got to make out that where we work thank you oh Dan you're being slammed here aren't you just a little bit yeah do you need anything else no thank you but um yeah it's been um Maybe. So when I left Montalto, um, this going back to the mental health thing. Um, when I left Montalto, their their daughter, um, she she committed. So, and I was extremely good friends with her. Like oh. I just adored her. So I would, she would tell me, and she would tell me this and that, and so on and so forth. And I'd be like, come on, you know, don't yeah. be so silly, you know, yeah. you're not going to do that. And, and anyway. It got to a point where um, things were happening in her life, da da da, and um, and she she rang me and she was like, and, and she sounded fantastic, and um, and yeah, she she sounded great. I was like, oh, you're back on the mend, you know. That was my. I was like, oh, you're you're back on the mend, and then um, and I realised now after you know that it was her way of saying I've made my mind up. Even to this day, I still find it a bit difficult to talk about. Of course, yeah. But it, it, I, I just, 
I, I went through a stage where I, I just went through automatic pilot, yeah. you know, and I just went to, to automatic pilot and I just did what I had to do and, and, um, and I got to about, it got to the end of summer and I just went, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. And I left. I had no job to go to. I had nothing to go to. And that's when, um, you know, and, but, but, you know, like I said, you know, with Montalto, I, 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 I created this, you know, this lovely network of people around there as well, you know, wonderful chefs, um, you know, uh, the long table, um, Paringa, um, Flinders, you know, and, and yes, you know, as you know, with chefs, we can always whinge about each other and have a whinge about each other, but there's still that level of respect yeah. amongst each other, yeah. you know, we go, but we still go, oh yeah, but he's a good cook, yeah. you know, um, and that's the thing, and, and with with that, the Mornington Peninsula has just blossomed. Yes. You know? I know. It's amazing, I mean, isn't it? You know, some people say, oh, Montalto was like the flagship. And it was. It was a flagship for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but now there's so many wonderful venues up there. Um, you know, you've got, what's that? Um, Jackalope and... Yeah, and Point Leo Estate. Point Leo Estate, which is just amazing. Yeah, oh, it is beautiful. Phenomenal. And um, Michael, um, where is it? Per- it's Paul Perro? Yes. Fantastic chef. Okay. Really, really wonderful, you know. Um, same with um, the long table. The long table is now gone, but the long table was a beautiful place to eat. Absolutely beautiful place. There's somewhere that pops up. I went to this amazing day a few years ago in... Um Ben Shuri was there and different, um, and Danny Vallant and so chefs and food writers and somehow I got invited oh, um, and it was through the Good Fish Project so Sasha Rust um, organised oh, yeah. it and they went down to Cor- uh, Corner Inlet and um, where the fishermen are still where they've got like a handshake agreement yep. not to overfish and so I didn't go out on the boats but they went out on boats and then came back and cooked the, the fish and the food Lovely. and everything and it was really amazing and I met this young woman there Simone Watts oh and, yeah I know Simone yeah, yeah and she's working on, it yeah, sounds like the, where, where she is on that farm sounds really amazing yeah yeah, yeah so I really want to get back in touch with her because it sounds like they're doing really interesting things yeah. out there yeah oh phenomenal yeah. you know and that's the thing you've got these You've also got these smaller producers as well, these, you know, and people that are that are that are trying to be. There's a there's a guy I can't remember his name, but he's a pig farmer and he's got this beautiful pork product down there, and he does these wonderful sausages and 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 there are people down there that that are are wanting to produce smaller and 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 better product products, yeah. you know. Actually, speaking of that, I love that Vimeo video of you where you're really enthusiastically talking. You're at Montalto, yeah. and um, and some, and the question is, what's your favourite ingredient? And you're like, pork belly. I love pork belly. And then <laughs> and actually snapper. And then actually also duck. And I was like, oh. and then I love it all. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Where are you at? With you've got favourite ingredients at the moment. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> As you may see, a lot of I've got a lot of <laughs> ingredients inside me. Um, you know, I still I still love pork trotters. I love you pork know trotters. I love pork trotters. You know what? I'm a big fan of offal, and the reason why I'm a big fan of offal is because not a lot of people can actually cook offal right. Mm. And you know, and working with chef and learning how to cook <laughs> tongue properly, I know. But and this is why I trick my boys into doing. So I'll cook up a, uh, an ox tongue. Yeah. Right? Wait for it. <laughs> and my little one here is super picky. Mm. Will not touch any... We had spaghetti with pesto the other night, right? And he's like... Mm. 
wouldn't have it, wouldn't try it, would not even. So finally, I got him to try one strand of pesto, and he's like, "It's okay." Right? <laughs> but yeah, I can cut up, I, I can cook up a um, ox tongue, slice it up, put a white sauce over the top of it, telling that it's just, you know, it's just steak. Eats the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, "No." Yes. You know, have you that, been to Lyon? Yes. Because it's like the heartland awful. It. <laughs> well, that's where Chef owns. Uh, that's where my chef yeah. is. Yeah. Or the bouchon there. I, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's it's not just awful. I, oh. I think it's good because I well, I would like to eat awful because I think we should be eating the whole animal. We're well, not wasting. But not just awful, not but because there. my, 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 my <laughs> best friend now, my best friend, he's, he's become a vegan. Mm. It's almost like I'm sort of saying he's coming out of the, you know, he's, <laughs> my friend, he's a vegan. It's, it's almost, but with, because I, I, I love him, we've been mates since we've been high school, year seven of high school, we've been best mates. And he's now, he's been a vegan now for about five years. And, um, and the way he talks about veganism and things like that, and I really believe that vegan, like, um, being able to use vegetables, grains, those oh, sort yeah. of things, it's, it's going to, it's it's going to become more and more. And my thought is, is like, will I become vegan? Probably not. I, I enjoy, uh, uh, but will I curve the amount of meat that I eat? Will I change my habits? And it's, for me, it's about, hey, if you can eat one vegan meal a day, mm. what, you know, make, make Monday vegan meal or Tuesday vegan day. Mm. And just try and cut those sorts of things out. Oh, I agree. We can Absolutely. make a huge change. Absolutely. You know? um, Oat milk. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would never have done it before. Yeah. Um, but I would go around to his house and he'd make me a coffee and he'd make me soy milk coffee and I was like, yeah. And I and I was the worst. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're not going to have that. Yeah, yeah. And then I started drinking. I was like, well, this is quite nice. Mm. And then I started to make the conscious choice of, and as well, with that too, supplementing things like um, ice cream. Mm. And making them with oat milk or making them with soy milk. Mm. For us chefs, if we can get, if we can eliminate lactose, gluten. Oh yeah, well that's right. Because everybody has some sort of exactly. allergy these days, you know. And you know what? Well, that's really interesting because um, I spoke to Vishali, who um, graduated from your course. And she was saying that um, that that having done other cooking courses, so she in, from Delhi had, was a, a tax accountant or some kind of yep. um, forensic accountant or something, but loved cooking in her free time, so she's, you know, she did, did, did courses and things, but she said as soon as you left that, that course, she could never replicate the things. But what she learned in the Cordon Bleu was how to supplement things and to really get to know the ingredients, as we were saying before, and get inside them a bit more, and now she feels like she has that knowledge. Exactly. Um, and I think that's important. But that's the thing, so, a lot of them just teach you how to make that dish and that's not what it's about mm. um, if you just teach someone how to make a dish it, it's uh, you can only replicate that dish mm. it's not about that it's about teaching them what is poaching how do I poach why do I poach why do I bring the, the water to a boil why what happens when I do this what happens when I do that with that sort of knowledge with the knowledge of understanding why you do things in a certain way and why you cook them in a certain way that allows you to go, okay, I've got a potato. I can now do this with the potato mm. or I can do, you know, do you know what I mean? It, it allows them to be experimental with that, you know, and, and, but not be experimental 
with the knowledge of what they're doing will get them a certain product. Mm. And that's where, where I find, you know, I like to take, it, it's not about teaching them that dish, it's about teaching them the methods of how to make that dish. Exactly right, yeah. You know? That makes and, sense. Yeah. And like you were saying before, I have a friend, like um, you say, oh, I get a bit scared. I've got a friend, Joe. she will get a cookbook, right, lovely lady, she'll get a, and she'll, she'll measure every, every little bit of ingredients out. Five grams of salt, she'll measure it out. I'm like, Joe, just, you know. Let it, let yeah, but you have to know how to do that, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let, let, you know, just let it... Yeah. And tasting. Yeah. Taste, 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 taste. The, as I said to the, 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 kids, uh, the students at the start, it's about... You, you've got to be able to put a spoon into something. That's, your tongue is your, your biggest asset, you know? Um, and all your senses, listening, you know? I know this sounds silly, but I always say to them, if I'm chopping something over here... I'm always listening to my pot, and my pot's always talking to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can hear the, the difference in the sizzle, the onions are caramelized, are they caramelizing, are they just, are the moisture coming out of them? You know, we're a bit odd chefs. We, we like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's true, if, you, if, you, if you've spent your, your life in a kitchen under fluorescent lights, yeah. um, you, 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 you start to hear all these different sounds, all these different... I love that. It was so funny when no I first... No one's ever said that to me before. When I first started with Born and Blue um, and teaching, when I first started teaching, um, the students would bring out, like, hairy, hairy questions like, what temperature do you, do you cook, the, to cook it to medium rare? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> medium rare has a temperature? <laughs> I cook it to that? Yeah. <laughs> so you would squeeze something and you'd go, oh, yep, that... For a lot of us, you could we could have ten different steaks in an oven, mm. all different sizes, and go medium rare, medium, medium well, rare, well oh done, God. like that. Yeah. And and our brain just goes, yep, yep. But yep, how long yep. does it take to get to that point? It took me about a week. No, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 oh, look, it it it's a gradual process. It's a gradual process, and I, like I said, I was extremely lucky with the. Not just the chef that I had, not the chefs that I've had, but the the chef de parties, the co- the uh, others that I've worked with as well, Joe, Scotty, all those people. I was extremely lucky because they would always say to you, they'd go, Baz, try this, feel that, squeeze this, that's that, okay, that's right, yep, does it need more cookie, yes or no, huh? and you're constantly, constantly being quizzed, and if you got it wrong, you're in trouble, mm. so don't get it wrong, you mm. know, um, and that's what the... What, you were constantly until one day because you had to learn very quickly because um someone could you know stub their toe or get a flu you know and then off they're off that day and then all of a sudden you're You're moved from one section to another yeah you gotta i think the best way as i tell the kids the best way to to learn is to be put put in in the trouble oh yeah and uh, you learn very quickly. It's the same with learning a language, though. Necessity is the greatest teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Drop you in France, what yeah. are you going to say? Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the only French words I know are the naughty ones. <laughs> I know. Lots of your chef terms are French ones. Mm. Um, although when I hear some of the chefs say, you know, rechauffage, I'm like, it's rechauffage. <laughs> that's, 
you know, I, I've lived in London now. I went to France, I went to Europe, and, but that's what I love about Melbourne is we've just got this wonderful melting pot of malt. Mm. You know, if I feel like going to have a a, a, a good uh, Indian meal or a French meal or a, I can go and have something where where someone is, you know, it's just it's just a beautiful beautiful place to be. Yeah. You know? yeah. No wonder Melbourne's one of the one of the most, most livable. livable cities. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a lovely. And it's so nice sitting here and smelling Daniel's doing his um, his little ro- his roast roshi thing. Yeah. It's it's on Fridays and Saturdays, it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a lovely place. But yeah, it's, uh, it's it's and then and then when I when I when I left left um, Montalto, like I said, I, I didn't have I didn't have anywhere to go. I was lost. Yeah. I was lost, and and that really like like so. I was grieving. I was under under a state of extreme grief. Yeah. I was grieving my friend. I was grieving my loss of my job. I was I was lost. I was lost. And so I had really good friends that were like, "Oh, go and work here and go and, and getting me." You know, like for about eight months though, I didn't work. You know, I had enough money. I was I was very well secure, um, financially secure. But but for eight months, I just I didn't work. I couldn't work. Um, and then I finally got got out and started working again. And I remember being in the kitchen at this place, and I was, and I was just like, I, I don't want to do this. So I started to do it, and I talked to someone and this lady, and she said, Well, why don't you try teaching? Mm. I was like, oh, Teaching, yeah. God. <sighs> teaching. <laughs> Which no, that, that misconception of oh, if you can't do to teach. teach. <laughs> it's so true. And you know what? And when I start, when I said to people, oh, I'm going to do teaching, they were all like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. You're too good. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I was like, well, I sort of want to do it for a break, you know? And, and you need the good people to be teaching. And, I was, and like I said, I was thinking about doing it as, as a break. Then I started, I, I went and did my, got my teaching poll and, and um, I just, the universe must love me sometimes because... I was sitting in my car and I was thinking I'm going to resign from this job that I was at and I get a phone call and it was a, a friend and he said, oh, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm working at this place, it's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, have you have you heard of Le Cordon Bleu? And I'm like, yeah, a long time ago. I think I've got like old textbooks from Le Cordon And he goes, a friend of mine's, you know, he's teaching. Are you, have you? And I said, yeah. Anyway, I, I rang up, I got an interview, um, showed up in my best suit you know as one does and um and the next day i got a phone call come back and so on and then uh, two weeks three weeks later i'm teaching amazing and um i swear i was so lucky the first group of of students that i had was such wonderful people such you know and i I don't know I, I, i i i didn't know how to teach mm you know, I, I honestly did not know how to teach. I, I didn't I didn't understand the full but I just started doing what I was doing and, 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 and started showing them how to cook. Mm. Which I know how to do. I knew yeah. how to cook but I didn't know how to teach. And over time I've learned how to teach as well as, as, as cook, you know. And um, it was just lovely. It was it was it was what I needed at the time. And and it's just it's now when people ask me it's for a long time. For a long time, when I started teaching, people would say, "Oh, what do you do?" And I go, "I'm a chef." And I would say that straight, "I'm a chef." Yep, yep. Now I say, "I'm a teacher." Oh, nice. You know, so yeah. it's completely changed. Yeah. And I and I understand 
you know, and, and people say to me, oh, so for me, it's about teaching them how to cook. Yeah. That's what I do. I yeah. teach them how to cook. Yes, we've got to, we've got to make sure that we're, we're following compliance and things like that, but it's, it's, it's watching the students that make something that have never made something before, have, have, you know, never really been in the kitchen before, you know, go show me something. I go, wow, that's, that's really good. That's a great job, you know. Yeah. And then sometimes too, they need to be told that's not good enough. Yeah, you yeah. know, you need to concentrate more. Yeah. And yeah, and it's it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to see the development in, in people. That's what I find. That's where I find the best. And people say to me, "Oh, why do you want? Why do you do basic? Or why don't you do superior?" I've done them all: basic, superior. So we have three different levels. Plus, then we have um, diploma, advanced diploma, things like that. So basic, intermediate, superior, and they go through those, and then they go out to industry. And then they come back and they can do Cert 4 and those sorts of things. Um, and the, one of the reasons why I love teaching the basics is because you do have these fresh-faced, you know, like deer in headlights. And you watch the development over nine weeks of these, these kids becoming cooks. They're, they're starting to go, this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know? And you sort of weed out the ones that don't want to do it pretty quick smart, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and it's wonderful to see, and and you can see the ones from in a couple of weeks who's going to be who's going to make it and who's going to be doing it for a very long time. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> I hope that was all good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Barry Davis from Le Cordon Bleu. You can check out Le Cordon Bleu's Instagram to see some of the amazing things the students get up to at Le Cordon Bleu Australia. And I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. If you want to read the chat, you can head to www.conversationwithachef.com. You know, I reckon word of mouth is a great thing. So if you wanted to tell your friends about these chaps, chaps? No, these chats. sometimes with chaps, but often with a range of people, then you can uh, let them know that they can listen to it on Apple and Spotify podcasts, uh, and you can follow me. Once again, thanks for listening. Have a great day.